0: Think of it as uh, what Japanese call a uh, to, which is this flock of birds flying together. They don't have one leader, they don't have anything that you can distinctly make out, but they're sort of flowing in the same direction because their, their shared goals are in that
1: direction that they want to go to. Developing a business is challenging. The success stories that we hear of are only the tip of the iceberg. Imagine a world when that iceberg could be inverted, with most businesses being developed successfully and the economic growth and prosperity created at both micro and macro level. Welcome to the Business Developer Podcast with Sujay. My motivation is that by listening to this podcast, you may gain some ideas, inspirations, or food for thought towards your own journey of developing your business successfully, now or in the near future. In today's episode, we shall hear about the power of alliances, why it may be important, how to go about developing successful alliances, and the potential pitfalls or challenges involved. Today's guest is someone who has been developing alliances for global businesses over many years. I would let our guest Ashwin Ramesh, Director of Alliances at a technology company, tell us about that. So please join me in welcoming our guest Ashwin Ramesh. Hello Ashwin, welcome to the Business Developer Podcast. Thanks for taking out time to join this episode. Thanks, Sujay for having me. Great to have you here. The objective of this podcast is to become a source of inspiration for the listeners who are working hard to develop their business. And hopefully by listening to the experiences shared by individuals like you, our listeners may gain some ideas or food for thought towards their own journey of developing their business. So Ashwin, to get started, can you please help our listeners to learn about you?
0: Sure. I've lived in the Silicon Valley for the last 15 years or so. currently at HashiCorp. HashiCorp is a San Francisco-based startup that focuses on development operations and security challenges in infrastructure. Overall, I have 20 years of experience across sales, marketing, pre-sales, and product development. Before HashiCorp, I worked at Cognizant, and then before that at HCL. But overall, you know, sort of the span of experience is both across product and services, and it's across most aspects of product development and go to market.
1: So you have a rich experience across multiple areas in the technology domain, and I believe you have played a role in both sales and marketing and alliances, right?
0: Yeah, that is correct. I think some of us who joined this industry early in the late 90s have been fortunate enough to sort of see the spectrum of uh, roles that were available as business grew. We got to play different roles. So I've been one of them. I've been fortunate to get that opportunity.
1: And then, what has made you to settle down in a technology alliances role? What has attracted the most about that role to you?
0: So I think it's been an interesting uh, sort of journey in the last 20 years or so that I've worked in the information technology space, Sujay. So, Sort of, uh, I've seen when you first are out of college, you kind of focus on just development and, and sort of the power of technology and the languages that you code in and things like that become important. Uh, and then as you start to understand business is better, you understand how other aspects of the business are so much more important, right? The product overall becomes important. The timing of the product becomes important. Being able to sell what you've built becomes important managing the overall business and profitability becomes important. So it kind of drove me to get an MBA and understand sort of the business better. Got very interested on the consumer side, consumer behavior, what drives consumers to be able to buy. That led me to spend more time on the, the marketing side. I also spent some time selling because people gave me an advice that I should sell and understand how customers buy directly. And that would help me aggregate that one-on-one experience into a more one-to-many messaging that marketing really sort of talks about, right? Uh, And then as technology has become more and more important through the career, I've kind of realized that my ability to be able to create exponential or scalable impact is greater by leveraging strengths that I have both around understanding of technology and being able to use that in a very business development sense, right? And and technology alliances sort of gives me that opportunity to be able to tightly couple business and technology together. So that's sort of led to uh, me being in my current role.
1: And, you know, I think in the modern world, technology alliances are becoming more critical for the success of any company in any industry because ecosystems are so much important. You take the case of Apple or any such ecosystems that flourishes around those companies that play a central role. And there is some matrix I read, Ashwin, is that for an average company, technology alliances contribute to about 30% of a company's revenue. In your view, Ashwin, what are the critical reasons of technology alliances playing a role in successful development of a business? Great
0: question, uh, Sajid. I look at the battle of value chains, right? I don't think companies compete against each other in the marketplace currently, but it is uh, value chains compete against each other, right? So you take the, use Apple's example. So you have a Apple-based ecosystem, you have an Android-based ecosystem, right? You can look at multiple such such examples. It's always the, the battle of value chains. So when you think of it from a value chain standpoint, the stronger you're able to stitch partnerships together, alliances together, the more stronger your differentiation uh, can be, right? right? And that is a general concept, but as businesses have grown more reliant on technology, so for example, if I was say 20, 30, 40 years ago, if I had to build a robust business, all I had to think about is business differentiation, business strategy, culture of the organization, having the right people, putting the right processes in place, and then implementing that for creating a sustainable business. Uh, I think with the advent of technology and the criticality of technology, technology has become that important glue that allows you to make modifications to processes, be able to be nimble in how you're able to change to the changing customer behavior and things like that. And so with that velocity, you need to be able to arm yourselves with enough Partners who are tied with your platform together, your product together, so that you're able to offer that solution to the customer. So the battle of value chains now distinctly is the battle of value chains of how the technologies you're able to stitch together, and that's where technology alliances, I think, is so important. So that would be my advice to entrepreneurs to to how I I sort of see the value of technology alliances, especially to senior management. Right, it is sort of core to how you're able to stitch that overall solution to what you're offering to the customer.
1: I think significantly, it's not just the power of one company together to achieve speed and scale. Certainly, as you say, alliances and the ecosystem needs to be leveraged. Now, if you look at the practicality of it, still companies may be spoiled for options, or I will say there could be so many options of technology alliances a company could do. In your experience, how should a company go ahead in the selection of such potential partners or prioritization of alliances? Because the resources, your time and bandwidth is also limited and with your colleagues and the organization, how much they can put on that function. How should a company go ahead in that selection of potential partnership or prioritization of it?
0: right no i think it goes back to multiple different factors again all related to how should one think about their business one is the phase of the organization that you're in if you are if you are in a very very initial phase then you look at the fastest path to value where you're able to um, solve a customer need and hence be relevant to the customer and hence be able to drive revenue right so look at technology alliances aligned to the company strategy through the through the journey of that organization itself and so the answer will keep changing uh, depending on what is important at that point in stage. So for example, if I take a cloud startup, obviously, you know, you have AWS, you have Microsoft and Google and in other parts of the world, you know, Alibaba and, and others sort of form the bedrock of how customers consume cloud technology. So your alignment to some of these large companies becomes important, right? So some of these companies become sort of almost the most important partner that you need to figure out provided they are a critical element of how you how you will be consumed by the customer, right? And then based on that, you start to then peel back and say, okay, what are the personas of the customers that I'm catering to for those personas who is critical for me to sue up that alliances with for the value chain Uh, for the battle of the value chain that I talked about earlier and then work backwards from there to, to be able to focus on those partners.
1: And now suppose we take this thinking forward, if you have prioritized and selected some technology alliances to nurture and to develop and derive joint value, how do you go about in making it happen? Because, you know, Ashwin, there is another matrix that six out of 10 such alliances fail. It's much like a marriage between two companies, companies who come from a different background, different working cultures, different operating styles. And you talked about when companies are at a different phase. So it's most likely with high probability, your potential partner could be in a different phase of their business. So how do you then work out and make it happen? I believe that's the key crux of having successful alliances and then deriving value for it. So how should one make it work?
0: Great question, Sujai. So I kind of think of it as uh, what Japanese call a uh, ryaku, which is this flock of birds flying together. They don't have one leader. They don't have anything that you can distinctly make out, but they're sort of flowing in the same direction because their their shared goals are in that direction that they want to go to. In my experience, I've seen there are about seven key things to think about as you think about alliances, one, of course, start with uh, shared empathy and alignment of vision and culture to the point that you made. You want to make sure that the partner that you're looking to build an alliance with shares the same vision and culture that that you have. If there's a distinctly different vision and culture than you know, one-sided, to your example of uh, marriages, right? One-sided uh, partnerships can never sustain. You can try to sustain it for about you know a quarter or two, but eventually they won't. So first to start with that, shared empathy and alignment of vision and culture. Second is clearly articulate the value of each of the partnership that each of the partner brings to the relationship. So for example, when many of the startups are partnering with an AWS or a Microsoft or GCP or any other very large company, it has to be clear that there is a distinctly greater value that potentially larger partners bring compared to the smaller ones. So having clarity in that really helps you sort of put the amount of energy that you need The duration that you need to be putting energy for and setting expectations both inside and outside from what you can achieve from that relationship, right? So that lack of expectations becomes a very critical factor for failure unless that is clearly not only articulated, but also understood and and within an organization disseminated. So that's number two. Third is definitely alignment of goals. I would have started with this at first, but over a period of time, you know, with experience, I, I see some of these other elements important. So that's why I called out the other two. But having alignment of goals that you want to drive is very important. Fourth, and we don't think of this, and you know maybe this is where the analogy with marriage is kind of end. But with partnership and alliances, I think there is an end date, at least to that state that you're in. So as the partner becomes larger or moves to another phase or changes their business model, you know the partnership may not stay the way it is. So you know I think of alliances as is a current state of that alliance for that quarter or that year, rather than assuming that this will be the state forever. So start with that end date and that state in mind. Fifth is governed by mutual respect. I think there will be times when companies get pulled in different directions. Again, companies are made of people and people come in with their own set of egos and uh, things that drive them. So ensure that there is mutual respect. Otherwise, people within your own org will lose respect to what alliances can drive. And that affects the value of alliances itself uh, to the point and the question that you asked. Six, I think, is the the person representing the alliances itself, right? That person becomes extremely important. So I think of them as the diplomats that you have that represent one country to another. In some sense, they are the face of that country, right? right. Uh, how they behave, what they do, almost sort of is saying what that company stands for. So you want to make sure that the ambassador that you have for each of the relationship owners represent what the company stands for. And And the final one is... I have what Simon Sinek called an infinite game mindset, which is that, you know, don't think of this as, yeah, hey, I need to get X done by this partner tomorrow morning. Obviously have goals and continuously reset that goals. And to the earlier points made, maybe you want to back out of a alliance or not invest as much time and energy, but have this larger mindset of what you want to achieve from a three, six months, one year, two, three years timeframe. The larger the mindset, the more bigger picture that you'll be able to drive at. I think of alliances in a, in a more holistic sense and and these seven things that i talked about uh, sujay are, are ones that i i'd, I'd uh, indicate are things that people should think about on on ensuring successful alliances
1: that's great i think uh, ashwin this is a very nice framework you have drawn of these seven steps i believe it's certainly very informative for me and i believe our listeners would also draw some learnings from them and try to practice all of those or at least most of those to drive value i think you've brought up an important point you know In the modern world, we are also driven by matrix and measurement and try to measure everything. But I was very much intrigued by the fact that you brought this alignment of goals as a third point and you highlighted that shared empathy and vision and value for each partner and connecting it to because everything is made of people. So establishing those first two points, I believe, creates a good foundation to then Drive the alliances through metrics, which is certainly needed, right? Correct, correct.
0: The way I think about the vision and culture and then the value sujays almost like the fabric on the basis of which you can run your goals on metrics on. I think over a period of time, I've seen businesses sort of focus on goals so much without thinking about this fabric that you want to run it on that the pursuit of those goals have meant that those fabric is torn at the end of the day, right? Right. And while it might seem like, hey, this is a company is a capitalistic concern. So was this whole point about vision, culture, and fabric and things like that? But as you think of uh, longevity, as you think of human beings being sort of the most important pieces that allow companies to thrive, alliances to work, uh, I think it becomes very important that these things are aligned too. Otherwise, you know, you you in trying to achieve some of these short-term goals, you you take lo- long-term hits on people involved or within your company or outside your companies, and they the ramifications that could happen because of uh, things that could go wrong. So I think they're very important.
1: That's really great. And Ashwin, then uh, thinking from the other aspect of it, you talked about big and small. How should one go about it? If you are a smaller company in your early stage of business, should one look at partnerships with bigger companies? Or should one try to limit their sizes and try to, otherwise you become so small and so irrelevant for your The partner who is much bigger than you. Do you think size play any role in how you one should look at or approach potential partners?
0: Size is definitely important, Sujay. But what I've seen in the in my experience, both at Cognizant and at Hashicorp, is that the more important question is really value. Even if you're a smaller company, if you believe that the value that you offer to a much larger company is greater, then I would say go in and and make the investments that you need to be making because that value gets translated to the differentiation that the value chain provides to the customer. And it will be a successful partnership. I'll give you an example, right? At Cognizant, we'd have a lot of uh, smaller, very, very small startups come to us and try to embed their technology into something that we'd be implementing for a customer. And I'd tell them personally too, saying that, hey, look, where you are at, you know, enterprises won't buy you without having enough experience, without showing success. You know, we wouldn't be in a position to be able to responsibly recommend your product or to include that into our solution as we offer that to the customer. But then they would devote inordinate amount of energy and resources to a large partner. And it takes time, especially with the the larger the partner, the more time it takes. And within a month or so, they'd come back and say, but we are not seeing any returns, right? So setting expectations with respect to the size, with respect to the value that you're offering, I think are very important elements for smaller companies to be thinking about, especially since the resources are so limited that you have to be very, very focused on where you spend your energy and attention on.
1: Right. And that's very critical. And that's what I wanted to bring it out. Thanks for responding in that manner. Now, if suppose you take another perspective. If you are running a business and you now understand and appreciate the value of alliances, how should you go about in an allocation of resources? Because most companies, when they start to develop their business, they are mostly looking at sales looking at marketing then as you said the people the product how should one carve out that focus for alliances in your experience how you have seen working at companies that you've worked for in the alliances division how do they manage to develop and run an alliance function within the company
0: so i think it all comes back to business uh, suggest so even though my current role is technology alliances based on the uh, the roles that i've played before i wouldn't recommend every company say that you prioritize on alliances compared to The other investments that you make, I think depending on your business, depending on the stage of your business, depending on your channel that you want to be able to leverage uh, for that, for that revenue uptake, those business goals, both short, medium and long term uh, should be driving allocation.
1: Yeah, thank you, Ashwin. That's very sound advice because everyone doesn't need to do everything and you need to prioritize and look for yourself and how you can derive value from that function. And certainly the case with alliances. Maybe shifting gears, one of my favorite questions Means over the phase of our careers, you said over 20 years, are there examples or skills that you had to unlearn, unlearn something about your old habits or learnings to help you perform in your present role? Do you think you can share some examples? Probably the most important
0: thing, Sujay, that gets talked about the least right, which is we live in a constantly dynamic environment. I love this thing that I'd heard, which talks about how technology is uh, non-linear while as human beings are linear in changing. And I think that gap keeps on growing if your rate of change as a human being is not close to or mapping to the rate of uh, exponential change that technology or management practices for that matter is, right? That gap uh, keeps on growing. So, so for me, it has been constantly being open to change a almost in some sense, even being uh, vulnerable to some things that I don't know about. In the initial parts of the career, you're you're in the sense where you have less experience, but you have a lot of energy, right? So you're constantly learning. You're almost like a toddler learning new alphabets and new sentences. So you're learning so much. And then I think the human mind comes to a stage where you think, I probably know enough, right? And that's when the learning starts to slow down because you get a little, uh, it's a harsh word, but maybe lazy is a good word. But you get a bit lazy in some sense, right? I just want us to be more conscious about it. Even this laziness, if it's, a, if it's conscious laziness because you want to focus your energy on some other part of your life, maybe you want a more balanced life, you have a small child, what you have an aging parent, whatever your priority in life is, that's fine. But I think just being conscious and more mindful of how you need to be driving changes in your career is very important. And that allows you to say, okay, now, I need to unlearn and relearn a lot of the things because of the changes in the market. Take my example, and in some sense, since I know your background in some sense, which is that services works in a very different way, right? You're building a custom solution out for a particular customer. That works very differently where you can do just-in-time pilation or sort of solution creation of something and then present that in a very custom manner to the customer. Whereas products, especially in a SaaS scenario, work very differently where you need an aggregated demand understanding of what the customer wants and then pre-build these things to be able to offer them to the customer and then be able to constantly iterate on those changes to be able to adopt to what the customer looks for. I also look at companies this way, right? So I don't think this is just about human beings being able to unlearn and, and relearn. But I think if COVID 19 has given lessons in 2020, it's really that if your organizational culture and fabric is not meant to be able to unlearn and relearn and change, adapt to the changing situation. I think companies fail or thrive in that exact manner, right? So you can almost see a replica between Things that I mentioned with respect to a human being to, to an organization and, and we'll see those examples or we are seeing those examples as we, as we pass by.
1: I think that's very profound thinking. Everything is changing and there's a learning and unlearning in everything at the individual level, at a company level, at a country level, right? At a global level, we are all learning and unlearning. So I think Ashwin I would say taking cognizance of your time it was a pleasure talking to you today many thanks for coming on this show and sharing your views with the listeners I am sure along with me the listeners have enjoyed this conversation and would take lot of points and notes and learnings from how they could potentially leverage alliances in their business. So Ashwin, how could listeners reach out to you if they want to carry forward the discussions with you and maybe take some more ideas from you?
0: LinkedIn is the best way, Sujay. So my first name is A-S-V-I-N. Last name is Ramesh, R A M E S H. So if you just search on LinkedIn at uh, for Ashwin Ramesh, I'm happy to engage on uh, LinkedIn as a platform. I'm also on Twitter at A-S-V-I-N-R. Um, so
1: both active on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure talking to you.
0: Yeah, great sharing experiences, Sujay, and looking to continue to learn uh, myself too. Uh, Very important.
1: Yeah, it's a learning and unlearning journey for us in a a loop, right? We need to put that in a loop. So true, forever. Good. Have a nice day ahead, Ashwin. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. Developing a business is indeed challenging. However, you are not alone in your journey. Leverage the power of alliances to achieve speed and scale in your business. Hope this episode has helped you to gain ideas, inspirations, or food for thought to create a positive impact in your business by leveraging alliances. Do give me a high five if you like this episode. I would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for improvement. My contact information is provided in the episode notes. That's it for now. See you again in the next episode of the Business Developer Podcast. Stay happy, healthy, curious to learn, and watch out! Alliances may be the key to success of your business. Bye for now.